Welcome to the bottom shelf. We like to put the cookies on the bottom shelf around here. So we like, like to uh, take some what might be a deeper theological truth that might stump some people and they str- might struggle to kind of get or understand and put it on the bottom shelf so like everybody it. has access. So That's great. Uh, favorite cookie? Favorite um, Bill Search. Oh. You know, we're putting the cookies on the bottom shelf. Might as well talk about cookies for a second. Well, I had like this adopted grandma who made these, what she called monster cookies. They were peanut butter, oatmeal, chocolate chip, and those mini M&Ms. It might wow. be why I have diabetes. <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure about that. Doctor Thank says, doctor says was a grandma. cookie can't give you. Well, it was like an adopted grandma yeah. from my church. They were the most, they're such good cookies. <laughs> I can turn down a lot of cookies. I can't turn those down. Okay. Now, yeah. you just said something that I want you to complete that sense. The yeah. doctor said you can't. Get diabetes. I really can't get diabetes from the cookies. Now, I guess you could if you eat all the cookies, but not my kind. My kind is your pancreas just quits. Okay. Well, I mean, it's still there. It just doesn't work. Properly. Okay. It's lazy. So, I, I was just, because yeah. I'm just curious, because yeah. I've always yeah, been a know. little bit afraid of eating no. a lot of no, you a lot can. of sugary things. You probably but, are okay. But I'm okay? okay. You're probably okay. okay. So you... Well, but talk if, to your doctor. If, That's if, it's best <laughs> to... Don't, don't take my advice. I'm okay. not a medical professional, so don't sue me. Okay. So did you, as you watch the disclaimer rolling along yeah. the bottom Please of the... Please run a disclaimer. Yeah. Uh, well, welcome. Yeah, again, so we thought we would... And this is Bill Search. Bill Search is past... Well, tell them who you are. Uh, I'm a pastor at Crossings Community Church. Uh, Just a great church. It's a great church. And we serve together on the ministry council for the Church of God. Yes, we do. That's super fun. Yeah. And uh, actually, no one thinks it's super fun, but it is It is kind of, it is fun, actually. Yeah, it's good. And then uh, it's I serve, serve with your wife on the, well, now I'm not a trustee at Mid-America Christian University anymore. Yeah. I'm on the President's Act Advisory Council. For excellence. Yeah, for excellence. That's right. You yeah, know it. That's right. Because I can't. Be You're on, a pace member. I can't be a. I can't be Setting a trustee. Right. And be on the ministry council. Right. But but um, your wisdom is still so mm, key. Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> so important. But I really love being a pastor. I mean, those yeah. other things are fun. But I yeah. love the local church and being a pastor. That's yeah. the thing I love the most. Yeah. And we could we yeah. could like look you up on. We could do this. A oh. search, and we could find yeah. you. You get some books in yeah, print. Yeah. You're, you're oh, on yeah. Right Now Media. Uh, right yeah. Now Media. So yes, you... in fact, there's a brand new study you can get on Right Now Media on the armor of God. Awesome. So I have a bunch of leadership videos on there too. But yeah. this is like the first. Like it's an eight part on Ephesians, the yeah. section that Paul talks about of putting on the whole armor of God. Yeah. So, so it's cool. free. Go so get it. Check that out. Mm-hmm. Okay. So today, thought we would uh, dive into the the light. Topic of biblical inerrancy. Oh, I love oh, it. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love you, it. You're getting excited it's, now. It's like one of my favorite People are topics. on the edge of their seat. It is. And they should be. <laughs> it's like one of the most important. If we don't if we don't nail this one, we lose all the rest. Okay, don't be taking all the good Ooh. stuff. Okay, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> I'll wait for the question. It is, it is important, though, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So can we throw out a couple resources? Yeah. And you may have, you have another one you wanted to mention. Oh, yeah. But, I, but here's yeah. here, <laughs> defending inerrancy. Oh yeah, uh, that's, that's a uh, it's it's dense. But that's if you want to really get into the <laughs> into the weeds on it, it's you good. Can, yep, yep. Uh, and then we've got uh, uh, there's a, there's just a good chapter. Yep. I, I love I love the author and yep. uh, Bible doctrine. There's a lot of good systematic yep. theology right. Bible doctrine books. Wayne Grudem. Yep, yep. So that's another. Yep. There's a good chapter on yep. on the subject there. Yeah. So and, well, and I, a couple that I love, and I didn't bring show and tell. So sorry about that. But <laughs> but you did, and I'm so jealous. But uh, Greg Allison wrote a book called 
uh, historical doctrine. Now, don't um, don't let that frighten you. Or historical theology, sorry. Uh, you can get it on Amazon or any place. Uh, but that has an opening section on this topic that is better than anything else yeah. I've read on it. And then there's so others. So you're saying it's better than my resources? No, no. I, I'm just saying <laughs> mine's better. Uh, no, no. And then, uh, of course, F.F. Bruce, who was one of the greats, he wrote many yeah. different books. You could just look him up. And he wrote a bunch of different books on like why we can trust the historical documents. Yeah. Talk about getting in the weeds, but probably defending inerrancy or Norm Geisler book there. Honestly, that probably covers yeah, in, in such rich detail that <laughs> if you just, that is a great buy, way to put, if you're going to buy only rich one book, probably right. get that one. If this topic really fires you up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned, but you mentioned another book that I had kind of forgotten about. Oh yes. Uh, Dan Kimball and Dan Kimball has like the best hair. I mean, it's he like, does have some it's sweet like, hair. Uh, 1950s uh, it, it is. hair. It's, it's epic. True. But he wrote a book called how not, to read the Bible. And it's pretty recent and it's just came out. Yeah. And, and there's a video series too. That and goes it's, with it. it's, it, I think it's, um, very accessible for anybody. Uh, it's, yes. it's, yeah. I mean, so if you think, oh, this yeah. is too, yeah. too deep or whatever, yeah. Dan really helps put the cookies on the well, bottom and he shelf. An, he answers some <laughs> of the real difficult questions. Like, you know, doesn't the Bible mention a unicorn and stuff like yeah. that? And he, yeah. he just, just deals with all of the questions yes, and does. it's really good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He does. Okay. So let's jump into yeah. it. So probably the yeah. first question, um, give us, can give us a little brief, mm-hmm. just, yeah, just definite little definition. What, what is biblical? Just what yeah, is inerrancy. biblical inerrancy? Well, yeah. the, it actually is an old Latin term, you know, like to err is human. So error or where we get our English word error from in meaning non, non error. So that's where inerrant literally is just an old Latin term that just means that the Bible is without error. And, and so that, that's at the core, the simplest definition. Yeah. There, there's layers to how to unpack what that, what I just said is got many different layers. Sure. So. Yeah. Yeah. So let me, so I, I pulled out of Grudem's book here. You yeah. You gave it a real simple definition. Mm. Uh, what, not quite as simple as what you did, but the inerrancy of scripture means that scripture in the original manuscripts does not affirm anything that is contrary to fact. So that's, I mean, that's, you can get, that's a beautiful huge, definition. Yeah. Uh, definitions, but that's, and, a, that's and what great. you said, that's, there's a key piece that in the original manuscripts, yeah. because obviously we have many different English versions of the Bible and some of those have discrepancies in them. So if someone's like, well, I got three different Bibles and there's different errors in the different, Bible, or they don't yeah. all agree right. Well, they're saying in the original autograph, what the prophet Isaiah first put down on parchment that had no, no such errors. Yeah. 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 And so we we sometimes talk too around here based on uh, Cynic's book on start with or the why yeah the why yeah, yeah. Uh, so so why why what why does this matter oh. let's go back just a little bit um, probably you know back into the sixties well, oh, yeah. big goes before yeah. that eighteen hundreds yeah really yeah. Uh, enlightenment I mean it starts then uh, in the enlightenment up till the enlightenment the entire church Catholic and Protestant agreed that the Bible was inerrant. On the same page. There was no... Dis- early there, church fathers. There, there were a few uh, early church uh, heretics. Marcion uh, was one. Valentinus was one that had different ideas on this. But generally speaking, in the mainstream of people who said, I'm just a normal like Christian, 
everybody agreed. And then starting with the enlightenment, they're like, well, if we can't scientifically test it and where there became these uh, differences of of opinion, that's where they began to criticize. And at that point, then people were trying trying to justify um, human thinking. The authority shifted from the Bible to human reasoning. So human reasoning became above the Bible. You're going to you're going to have some presupposition that's going to guide your life. And so the presupposition that comes in with the enlightenment is I'm the ultimate authority or human thinking and reasoning is the ultimate authority. Yeah. So it that's where the history of this comes into really uh some stark contrast. Is then there's people calling themselves Christian that decide well well, I can decide what is true or yeah, what's not, or yeah. and hey, if that's I, true for you, but not for yeah, me. Or yeah. there's, in fact, there's a there's a. It's funny. It, I, I think it's funny. It's sad, but funny. There's a group of, of of religious scholars. I won't necessarily say they're Christian scholars, but they're religious scholars called the Jesus Seminar, and they don't meet anymore. I don't think anyhow. But it became kind of a joke. They'd get together and they would vote parts of the Bible in or, or out. out. Yeah, and they had little chips or something. Yes. They, yeah, they, yeah, and I thought to myself, <laughs> now that's just yeah. silly because, yeah. you know, who, who are we to judge? All of history has voted on this, and then suddenly a guy or a bunch of guys with PhDs and too much time on their hands, they vote. And here's what's funny. Everything they voted out was anything that would make us uncomfortable with our human sensibilities, and everything that didn't offend, they kept that in. Yeah, they took out miracles. Mm. <laughs> right. They took anything where Jesus uh, challenged a person to stop their sin in. Took right. that out because so, Jesus. So Sermon that. on the Mount, out. Yeah, no. I mean, you know, <laughs> blessed are those who suffer. Yeah, that's fine. They're yeah. persecuted. That's fine. That can yeah. stay in. Yeah. But anything where Jesus says, like, it, there'll be many on that day that say to me, "Lord, Lord," and uh, I'll send them away because they, I was never central to their life. And so then, yeah. hmm. so that started beginning yep. to happen. Yeah. And then there were some, some folks in the 60s, 70s that yeah. began to get together like, well, maybe we need to like yeah. talk in. about this and, mm-hmm. and reaffirm what we yeah. believe about yeah. scripture and God's yeah. word and the inerrancy That's right. that had, was beginning to really yeah. be fractured. I think yeah, Fuller, it, yes. uh, yeah, seminary well, kind of walked away. They yeah. kind of took inerrancy out of there. Two, two shifts happened. Yeah. One was a group of people said the Bible is infallible. Yeah. And you start hearing this term more where infallible just means in matters of doctrine, true. in or, matters yeah. of those, yeah, those true yeah. things, that is without error. But then when Everything it comes else. to historical things and other such, those have error. But of course, you open up a breach there that becomes a problem. So you pointed yeah. out Fuller Seminary becomes a touch point in the United States over this. And then a group of conservatives leave and they descend on Chicago, Trinity Evangelical Divinity Schools, where many of them landed. But And then uh, there's a history with Princeton and Westminster before that, but we won't go into that one. But so from that comes the Chicago Statement on Inerrancy. And so this is a group of evangelical scholars who get like together 300 of them a bunch and 78 they, i think it they was. basically it's not a church council because it's not a like a denomination or anything right. but they kind of go putting our best thinking caps on how do we articulate what we mean by this and what we don't mean by this yeah. because inerrancy doesn't it doesn't uh sometimes people say well inerrancy means there was a worldwide noah flood well, that's not necessarily what inerrancy means. I know I just opened something up there, so we could talk we'll about talk that. We'll talk about that another, another day. day. We'll, put that, but, we'll get that cookie but, off the shelf. But <laughs> what inerrancy does say is there was a Noah, and there was a boat, and there was a flood. 
that's true. So it may it, it, it might have some stretch around how extensive that flood was. Um, but inerrancy means that when the Bible speaks, it's telling the truth. These are yep. it, it speaks historical fact, and it is kind of funny because whenever every now and then people are like, "Well, see here, the Bible's wrong," and then later there's retraction. The retraction's never as loud, but later they're like, "It turned out to be right." Because for the longest <laughs> right, time, right, right. people were like, "King David, that was like King Arthur." Yeah, they made total him fantasy, up. and then they start digging stuff up, and they're like, "This mentions King David," so. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And so nobody says this anymore, or at least people right. who want to keep their PhDs. You yeah. Know, they don't. But Yeah. 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 So I thought I would just uh, read the Chicago statement, the 48 oh, page. Please uh, do. Please do. <laughs> grab your snacks. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. We won't read the whole thing. It's, it, it's quite a, it's, it's quite a document. Uh, it's quite yeah. a document. The easy part. You get thir- 300 preacher yeah. theologians yeah. together. Yeah. They're not going to say anything quickly. No. Or succinctly. That's yeah. right. There's going to be a yeah. lot of addendums. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let me ask you another question then. Yeah. So, so this concept of biblical inerrancy, mm-hmm. how does it impact the way Christians interpret and apply the Bible in daily life? Ooh. Well, how does this, this? So, how does this apply to actual life? Well, obviously, if you think the Bible has error in it then you get to be the ultimate judge of what to take seriously and what not to take seriously. So it has direct implications because if we think, well, uh, I don't like this part of the Bible, or I don't maybe think Jesus said this, he seems like a super cool guy, and that just doesn't seem as cool, right. then I get to ignore those things. Yeah. Uh, and so this impacts my daily life and all kinds of decisions. Whereas if I believe the Bible is God's word and it contains no error, then I have to really wrestle with the things that make me uncomfortable. I I really do. I can't just shrug it off because this is the word of God. And because it's the word of God, it doesn't become multiple choice or optional. So that has direct implications uh, on everything, on how I spend my money, on my sexuality, on on, uh, how I treat people who tick me off and all these things, how I spend my time, all of this the scriptures speak into. So if it has error, I'm kind of off the hook, but I'm on my own. Yeah. But if it doesn't, then I can look to the Word of God and receive instruction. Yeah, so one, one way this kind of plays out is the idea that on, on matters of morality and ethics, that there are, there are some errors because yeah. the idea that... You know, we we know more than they did back then, and yes. and so yes. we've kind of yeah. evolved beyond that. And yeah. so, yeah, Jesus says some good things: you love love yeah. people, yeah. be nice to yeah. people, don't yeah. lie, don't yeah. steal, you know, mm-hmm. some of that. But mm-hmm. but on these issues, yeah. some that you raised, yeah. it's not yeah. inerrant. Yeah, well, and that's one of the arguments that people will uh, will kind of transpose onto the Bible. They'll go, "Well, that was a different culture, and it was okay, and it was a different time." And my favorite is always it was a simpler time. And uh, I read enough history to know that is just so not true. I mean, <laughs> right. we had different technology. I mean, I have an iPhone, right? But um, they didn't have that sort of thing. But we are still people. Yeah. We are still wrestle with the same right. sense of purpose and meaning yeah. or lack thereof. Yeah. And so those things are still yeah. true. Yeah. 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 So the people that would... 
again, they would not <clears throat> they would not hold a biblical inerrancy. Mm-hmm. They have some things that they would say, well, what about, what about, what yeah. about? Yeah. Uh, could you give some examples of oh. maybe a what about that might, yeah. um, well, that I, we could say, I mean, well, just, but here's... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just think in our culture today... And this this is gonna this is gonna be the most controversial thing I say today. Okay, so are you on. ready for this? I'm ready. In our <laughs> culture today, human sexuality is definitive of person. I mean, it's on every survey. I have to define myself based upon that. Now, the Bible never encourages us to see ourselves identified in terms of our sexuality. In fact, that the Bible would consider that quite demeaning to the person. Because then we take a person, the identity of God, where we bear, we bear this, uh, this uh, image, image, of image of God. And it takes that image, which is uh, remarkable, and it turns us into a function. We're just a function. So we're now in, in terms of the function of sexuality. Now, the Bible has some very clear teaching about human sexuality. Uh, but in our modern culture, we want to mute that for obvious reasons because it's the defining thing today in our culture so it's offensive in our culture and yet in in uh terms of what the bible teaches it's clear how we are to conduct ourselves so inerrancy will require of us to not just uh, conduct ourselves in a certain way in regards to sexual intimacy and sexual expression. But, but it will really challenge the underlying assumption of our culture that we're sexual beings. Um, we're beings capable through uh, most people, anyhow, through most of their life, of being sexual. But that does not um, define us. Yeah. Because uh, when that phase of life might pass, we're still human beings. So if, if that's definitive of me, I'm in trouble. Because it, it, uh, a non-controversial, if I was a runner and I ran all the way through high school and college and ran, 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 and then finally through knee and hip surgeries and ankle issues, <laughs> no longer a runner. I'm no longer a runner. If, if, I'm, if I define myself as a runner, I have very little left. Yeah. But if I'm a human being, my days of running are over and that's okay. Because I never yeah. saw myself. I was just a person who ran. Yeah. So the Bible, if, but again, if you, don't, if you don't subscribe to inerrancy, you're off the hook. Now, here's the problem, though. It's a real problem. If you're off the hook when it comes to what the Bible expects, which is an ancient document, has been tested. So even if we were just taking it from a scientific point of view and go, live this out, live out the, live out the scriptures... If we were to do that, it, there's a proven track record of success with it. Not yeah. like life's easy, but it's successful. Yeah. But if we replace it with whatever else humanity offers in lieu of that, there's trouble. Every time. Every <laughs> time. So inerrancy actually is like this beautiful protection. It's an yeah. aid. I don't have to figure it out on my own. I'm just no. going to trust. Yeah. God's word is true. I, yes. I can trust this. Oh. I'm going to live my life according to this. Yeah. I've got I mean, and let the and and yes. this is and when things happen, that's above my pay grade. But I'm going to be, yeah. I'm going, I'm going to submit. That's right. submit to this. Yeah, that's right. I mean, our culture, the other like our culture will say because of like social media, uh, the term influencer didn't exist maybe 20 years ago. At least I don't remember hearing it. And now yeah. people want to be influencers. Yeah. So the problem, of course, is if you're not influential enough, then you're not a great person. You're not important. 
you have no influence. In fact, that's maybe one of the worst things you could say to a person. You don't have any influence. Well, that's terrible. Yeah. And so if, yeah. if it's definitive of you to be an influencer, then when that's removed, but that's one of the stand-ins, that's one of the false idols of our culture, because that's the deal. Anything that we use to replace what God has defined for us becomes an idol. Yeah. That's how the Bible refers to those. We don't use that term anymore. I and mean, people don't yep. people don't have shrines. They just check their follower count. But they don't have you know they don't pinch yep. incense yep. and burning to Caesar. But, Idols are just different. But they they're there. Yeah, they're the just ceremony. They just look, yeah. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's so so and people that would struggle with inerrancy, they would point to different things in Scripture. Yeah. Like they might, uh, and I think it might be helpful to give them a few examples. Like yeah. for instance, someone someone might say, well, you know, Jesus said that the uh, if you have faith the, the smallest seed the mustard seed yeah, if you have faith yeah, that uh that you, you talks yeah. about faith that way but uses yeah. uses the mustard seed and yeah. somebody says well actually the mustard seed is not the smallest <laughs> seed yeah. so the bible is wrong yeah so jesus wasn't but, he, yeah. but jesus wasn't he wasn't teaching botany no he was and no. so in scripture right. you have whether it's poetry you do. you have allegory yeah. you have yeah. Yeah. Metaphor. you have metaphor you yeah. have all these things yeah. and so those are you can't count those are not counted as error if uh uh you know the day of pentecost Three thousand people, yeah. you know, yes. put their faith in Christ. Well, maybe the actual number was two thousand yeah. nine hundred and seventy-eight people. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> does that mean the scripture is wrong? No. It, it, so, yeah. so some of those things yeah. just are not. Yeah. We're not playing fair right. with scripture. Well, uh, idioms and that, yeah. uh, like that's a piece of it. Idioms are hard to translate over time, and unless yeah. you continually translate the idiom, you don't know. So, for instance, an, an idiom in our culture is it's raining cats and dogs. Now, by that, we don't mean uh, canines and felines are falling from the roof, right? We, we just mean it's heavy rain. Yeah. But if we were to go a thousand years into the future and someone finds some document where it's talking about raining cats and dogs, they might, if they were to try to take that literally, or they would say, see those people, they, they didn't understand how things work. They actually thought cats and dogs came from the sky. No, it was an idiom. Right. So, or I'm starving to death. When it just means I'm really hungry, it's an idiom for I'd like to be fed now. <laughs> so some of those things, yeah. like even to say 3,000 people, it's not like there was someone probably just like with one of those like old clickers. <laughs> click, 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 click. Yeah. We used to have those here. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's how people counted, you know. And uh, I had one of those. I don't even know where I Can came up with it. Can you imagine Peter? He's yeah. like on the... On the all right, we need to get one more. We got two hundred. We got two thousand nine hundred ninety-nine. We need one more. You know, no. So you're absolutely right. And people who pick on things like that really need hobbies. I mean, really, they do. I, there, there are times. That, and now, this is the hard part about being a pastor, because as a pastor, I hear those things. And I'm like, well, let's talk about that. But deep down inside, what I want to say is, are you that stupid? Are you really that dumb? No, that's not nice to say. And if you're listening right now, don't, I, I would. And you've I, actually I, talked to yeah, I'd be <laughs> Pastor really, I'd Bill be really, at one point. <laughs> I would be very nice to you in person, but later amongst pastor friends, I'd be like, no, no, I'm kidding, but sort of not. You know, we, there are times where we approach some, with some absurdities yeah. of these things. And, and maybe looking for an excuse not oh, to submit I, to scripture. I if I can so. get, if I can get I out. I think so. Yeah. Well, in fact, uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, in his book, Cost of Discipleship. Yeah. I think it's the second or third chapter in there. He talks about, as a pastor, sometimes people would come into his study and they would have a real doubt 
about uh, either God or they would have a doubt about something in the Bible. And Bonhoeffer said, rather than reason with the person, what I ask them is, uh, what is it uh, in your life that you refuse to surrender to God? (laughs) And I I was puzzled by this, of course, because usually I don't associate doubt with lack of belief. But his point was to believe is to obey and to obey is to believe because faith and belief are intertwined with one another. So with that, sometimes people go, I don't want to believe this because I want to disobey this. But there's a weird thing if the Holy Spirit's inside of them. There's a weird thing where they know. And if the Holy Spirit's not inside of them, the conscience God has given them is inside of them until it gets singed enough. And I just think of like, in our again, our, in our culture today, there's, there's um, some venom against those who hold a traditional Christian point of view on a lot of different matters. And what's funny to me is I feel no venom to people who disagree with me on things. I don't need everyone to agree with me. And what's odd is there are some people out there that go, we need everyone to agree with me because it invalidates me. Now, that's odd. It, yeah. That's really odd. But what it tells me is, and I, it's a, I, at least this is what I think, I think what that means is these are people who know deep down inside they have a breach against God's design for their life and Anyone who reminds them of that is like a burr in the saddle. Yeah. And they want to get rid of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's on this subject yeah. of inerrancy, there's there's a bit of a spectrum. Yeah. Um, could yeah. you talk to that a little bit and where you mean how people hold to it? Yeah, well yeah. that that there's some that think it's gotta be this way and some that are really open to it, you know, the just shades of inerrancy yeah. and sure. Kind of, Talk yeah. about where you're at versus maybe where. Oh, yeah, yeah. I went to Moody Bible Institute. We <laughs> we actually invented inerrancy. Okay, that, that's it. that is not historically true. <laughs> it's actually been around since the early church. But <laughs> but uh, no, I didn't fall too far off the tree on that. I yeah. I wake up in the morning ready to pick a fight over it. No, I'm, I'm I am not. I really did you feel not. like it? It yeah. really mattered. Just say it, that. Just say matters, why does though. this matter? Though? This, say this, that again. So Just make it, that. This is so make Im- the case. Why this, this is matters. so important? Because if we lose inerrancy because we don't like so because you said on the spectrum there are some people go okay i have no problem with um on certain matters uh the bible is without error but over here it has errors well once again i'm imposing a presupposition of my own on top of the bible once i do that everything in the bible's at at risk I, i mean it really it's just kind of hard to at that point say well i will defend the literal resurrection of jesus because that's how do we know about it it's in the Bible. So how do we know that Jesus is the Son of God, born of the Virgin Mary? It's in the Bible. So if we start saying, well, this over here isn't true, and this over here isn't true, and this isn't very essential, and so I don't necessarily hold to this, then at some point, everything's up for grabs. So it, to me, it's, yeah, there's a, there's a spectrum of people who want to have, have it both ways. They, they want to make kind of have a foot in the world is how the scriptures would sometimes think of these things and a foot in the church. And if we want to reach people, yeah. then we, we've got to, oh, we yeah. got, we've got to give some on this because yeah. things have yeah. changed a different day. We got to, if to we're going to really reach them, right. All that. We, we, we need to make this whole thing more palatable. And so you're saying yeah. no. Well, one is that's a lousy strategy for reaching people because we now have 100, about a hundred years of different denominations that I won't mention 
attention on Well, air. haven't they all, as they have uh, kind of gone that way and yeah. as they have... Uh, yes. as they have begun to uh, be a little wishy-washy on biblical yep. inerrancy or totally throw yep. out the window, yep. they have all like really been able to really reach the culture, haven't nope. they? Though? Haven't not they all grown? Not and all. Aren't they? Have that, is that not the case? You know, let me ask you. <laughs> if you were a business executive, would you get consultants from Sears and Roebuck <laughs> come talk to you? Probably right. not, right. Right? right? You probably would look at like Amazon or people who have built companies, right? So you wouldn't look at people who've destroyed companies. I'm and not going to go back and read the Blockbuster yeah. story. Uh, you know, no, probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we doubled down on video stores. There's one left, I guess. You can <laughs> yeah, actually, there is. I think there you is. can actually sleep overnight in it. I think they have like a little. That's like, their new business. I think model. it's like a bed and breakfast. And yeah. then the good part is, I think you get to watch any you video get to, that the, they have. The, yeah. And you still end up watching probably like the same movie you always I can watch, watch. Breakfast Club again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's how it is. You didn't you spend like an hour in 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 Blockbuster and then oh, still yeah. come out with the movie you rented last weekend because it was still good. You're like, well, I guess I'll get this. The other one's a risk. Um, no, no. Where were we? Blockbuster. Um, we're no. The churches. You that, wouldn't the go de- to Sears and yeah, Roebuck no, no, to the, get the, advice. The denominations on. that have all accommodated culture are yeah. all in such decline, steep decline. free fall. I read I read one statistic yeah. that the one of the denominations that actually um, at one time it was just massive it was it was like the kind of the founding denomination in the United States back in the 1700s so you can try to figure it out later but it is off camera I'm going to yeah. guess later but <laughs> the 49 percent of of the members of that denomination are over the age of 65 now when you hit that kind of tipping point. You know, you can run the numbers. The yeah, I don't have to like even see an actuary table to see where that right. denomination will be in ten years, or twenty years. And uh, the good news is there'll be a good deal to be had on their buildings. But that's sad. That's not yeah. that was not God's intent for His yeah. church. Yeah. But that was a group of people, and I think they meant well. I think they said, well, we have to intellectually and morally compromise to the culture. So what we'll do is we'll say these parts of the Bible we don't like probably shouldn't be observed or considered anymore now here's what's interesting this is not new we think it's new but in the second second century there were two guys that did this marcion and valentinus and marcion all he did is he carved up the bible anything he didn't like oh this sounds too like judgy he pulled it out. And so he was a he was branded a heretic in the early church, but he thought of himself as a Christian uh, of sorts, and, but he didn't believe in miracles. So I don't know how good a Christian you can be if you don't actually believe in the resurrection and such. But um, Marcion is one, and the people still do this, of course. That's very popular. And the other was Valentinus. And what he did is he, he reinterpreted the Bible. He goes, oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. We'll leave it as is. But I got some secret glossary of terms. <laughs> and Tertullian yeah. wrote about both of these guys. That's why we know about them primarily through other people's writings. But that that approach has been around since the beginning. It's not new. Yeah. It's a, it, And it is always devastating to whatever church it touches. Yeah, It kills churches. Yeah, it's a, Spurgeon talked about this in the 1800s. He goes, you can always tell in England if a church has, has basically gone soft on the Bible because their lawn is unkempt. Their lawn is unkempt. Yeah, no one goes anymore. They don't have any money to upkeep the building, yeah. and eventually they have to yeah. close their door. So Spurgeon yeah. was like, it it takes care of itself. Yeah, yeah. So 
Any last oh. uh, kind of thoughts on the on the subject? I mean, that's a good. Well, here's the thing. I've known a lot of people who are believe firmly in inerrancy and never touch the book personally. Right. So the the thing I would just encourage that's us good. is be in the Bible. Yes. Yes, is yes. Uh, I, I I'm not saying this just because I'm a pastor. Before I was a pastor, I started doing a one year Bible reading plan, yeah. and if I didn't do that, I would never read Habakkuk. Right. You know, there's whole parts of the right. Bible I would never touch. And what's been remarkable? I've been doing this now 25 years or better, and as long as I've been doing it, different parts of the Bible speak to me in different different periods seasons. of life, yep. different series seasons of life. I, yeah. for instance, I never cared much for the the prophets in the old testament the major and minor prophets isaiah and jeremiah mm-hmm. and ezekiel and i like daniel because there was a lion's den and such but <laughs> i didn't like micah and nahum i thought Ugh. when i hit midlife i really liked them because i realized they're all middle-aged men in a bad mood and you know you know that they're, they're, they're i can grumpy. identify they're, 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 they're collectively grumpy, little... theologically they're like get off my lawn <laughs> That's, but I, I love them because yeah. now I get it. But I, I, so this is what's beautiful. You read through the Bible and parts of it you don't like now, you like, you like later. Parts of yeah. it that maybe speak to you now, you look back on your notes and go, hmm, that's wild that that spoke to me. But so that, yeah. and then um, if, if, if that's not uh, your speed yet, just start somewhere. Yeah. Consume a little bit of the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. I also do the Psalms through every yeah. month. And I love it. It's turned yeah. into like, I just started doing about a year and a half ago. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's improved my prayer life, helped yeah. me connect with God better. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not a big surprise, the Psalms. But that'd yeah. be my advice. It's like yeah. inerrancy is an incredibly important doctrine, but it really doesn't matter if you don't ever get in the yeah. book. Yeah. So get in the book. Yeah. Read it. Because it, it is God's word. It's his word. Yeah. Amen. And it can change your life. It can transform you. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of The Bottom Shelf. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me.